This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hola, como estas? This is Larry Charles from the Game Dev Unchained podcast. And of course, I bought my best friend, Mr. Brandon Fam. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode. Please welcome our special guest, the extraordinaire environment concept artist, Brian Yam. Hi, everybody. Hey, Brian. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? It's good to see you again. Yeah, you too. It's been a while since I don't work at the Spectrum anymore. I, don't I know. We don't, get, we don't get lunch anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, kind of sad. How are the fellas? Fellas, fellas are good. Good to hear. Um, yeah, they're working hard. So. <laughs> awesome. So, um, Mr. Brian Yam, we wanted to bring you on the podcast because, I mean, you've already done a lot of stuff with us on Game School Online, and we want to introduce you again to our other audience, which is Game Dev Unchained. It's the community of professional video game developers and students alike, you know, so we, we kind of cater to both sides of the fence. So... You know, uh, it's good that we're doing another concept artist episode, and you've got all the personality and talent that we'd be looking for. So, thank you is what I'm trying to say. Thank you for doing oh, this. well, thank you for having me on, and uh, it's an honor ah. to uh, speak with you both. And it's ah. been a while. It's like a little mini reunion, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, usually... We won't do too much of this. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Let's see. So usually we'll have the guests kind of go through like some early resume stuff uh, because I obviously know that all three of us work together at Spark Unlimited, but the audience doesn't know that yet. So if you want to run through like, hey, I got my start here, I worked here, I worked here, these oh. are the jobs that I held down. All right. Well, try not to uh, fall asleep here. Uh, <laughs> so Taco Bell first. And then- <laughs> Taco Bell and it's a janitor and then I moved my way. Too far back, too far back. Let's see, where should I begin? Uh, so I... Did not start as a concept artist in the very beginning. Um, I was actually uh, studying to be either a biologist or a what? doctor. What an uh, I know, right? Like, it's, it's something that I was, um, well, I was interested, but then, you know, um, uh, it was something that I was pushed towards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. but um, I did that for four years at UC Santa Cruz as, as a oh, man. molecular uh, biology major uh, but at that time I was very passionate about art too so I did take some uh, you know art education classes which which was pretty cool but uh, again you know, I pushed towards uh, sciences and then when I graduated I worked in uh, Palo Alto so in the Bay Area um, as a um, associate lab assistant um, and the stuff that I do is pretty interesting. Actually, have you guys heard of the DNA Genome Project? Yes. yes. So You invented uh, it. Uh, no, if I did, then uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be working. You, you wouldn't be talking to us. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, but it was uh, pretty interesting. So that, that time, there was a, I think there was a um, uh, race or whatever you want to call it, competition between a private sector and the, it's a and the, the human uh, genome. Yeah, and and obviously the government cracked it first. Yes. I think, I think, right? So, uh, 
So, anyways, during that time, you know, I was still very interested in art, I, you know, because I, I grew up in video, with video games, and you know, Star Wars is definitely one of the motivators that um, that helped me pursue this uh, this path. So, I took some classes when I was working at a, at a pharmaceutical company when you know after college. Took some art classes towards the end. Uh, didn't really like my job. I wanted to explore something else. Someone said, "Hey, Brian, you know you're." Your drawings are pretty good. Uh, would you mm-hmm. try try going to school and see what you can get out of it? So I did that for you know part time. Like uh, after work, I would go to school, take some uh, multimedia classes. Uh, wasn't sure exactly what uh, field of illustration or you know art I wanted to do. I, at first, I thought I wanted to do animation, uh, but later on, I fell in love with drawing just by taking just really you know traditional art classes. Based basic stuff and uh, eventually I decided that hey you know I want to do this full time I'm going to quit my, my science job uh, go to community college for about, about a year to get my portfolio mm-hmm. and then I applied to several schools uh, one of them was Academy of Art um, another one called uh, Cogsworth no Cogswell sorry mm-hmm. Cogswell Polytechnic which was more of an animation discipline uh, because I was still inter- interested in animation, because I you know I love the Pixar movies and, yeah, yeah. Um, but my I think my first love was still drawing. Um, so and then I applied to Art Center, which I told was impossible to well, because I you know my skills back then were really bad, so I said oh, I don't have a chance. <laughs> so um, so I worked my butt off and um, got this portfolio together, and then and then. Uh, Art Center um, you know, uh, gave me an acceptance letter, and I was like, yes, you know. So uh, from there, I moved down to L.A. Um, and uh, lived there for about four years, which during the time I was going to school after I graduated. Uh, got my first job at Insomniac Games as an environment artist, actually. Oh, damn. Uh, like an associate environment artist. So, but I did concepts on the on the side because um, they didn't hire me as a concept artist at first, but they hired me as an environment artist, uh, but having me do concepts on the side, mm-hmm. um, which is great. I'm glad I went through that because um, learning the 3D and the environment art process uh, really helped me later on in concept. So that was really good. Uh, but later on, they put me to full time uh, because it's something that, um, I, I wanted to do a lot, and environment art 3D was something uh, that I wasn't very good at. So like, I had a lot of issues. So I said, Brian, uh, you shouldn't be doing 3D environment art. Just we we'll just put you a concept. I said, all right, that's cool. Um, so shortly after, uh, I, well, shortly after, I, you know, did some environment art for a few levels on Ratchet and Clank. Uh, worked on a lot of ra- worked on a lot of Ratchet and Clank uh, uh, games. And uh, resistance, and then, um, and then uh, what else is there? Um, and then I did that for about, let's see, I was in Sonia for five years, and uh, I decided to move on. I wanted to do uh, film animation, so uh, it's something I felt like I wasn't growing as far as I wanted to, so I, I decided to leave games for a while, and then I went to uh, Imagi. Animation Studios, uh, which they had a really cool project 
called uh, Gotcha Man. I don't know if you remember Gotcha Man. No. Or Science, Science Team Ninja. That's what it's called. Um, I think uh, a G Force in the States. Uh, so that was a cartoon that I grew up with. So I said, oh man, this is so cool. So uh, that they were doing a 3D uh, revamp uh, on my, uh, excuse me, this water. Uh, they were doing a 3D revamp on on the um, on the old uh, property, which was full. Um, so I did that, but then unfortunately the studio closed down. Uh, so so I was out of a job, and well, five five months later, you know, it was a very uh, unexpected. Um, so I got some freelance on the side, and then eventually um, talked to Naughty Dog. And um, worked on Uncharted two nice. for um, for about ten months, and during that time, you know, it was really awesome. Naughty Dog's a uh, it was a great company. Everyone was very passionate. Uh, long hours, you know, like you guys have heard, like Naughty yeah. Dog is very long hours. It's true. So I have a question, just based off of that. Which one do you say, if you could sum it all up, would you say on average you worked harder? Would you say Art Center pushed you harder and gave you more work? Or would you say Naughty Dog, the experience at Naughty Dog was harder work for you? If that's a fair comparison. Uh, I would say Art Center. Okay. Uh, one is because um, Art Center, you know, we were, I was taking five, five to six classes at one time. Damn. And you really had to uh, balance out you know what? Um, how you would do? How you would distribute your workload? Mm-hmm. And I <clears throat> easily, I would have done eighty hours a week easily. Um, and <clears throat> but you know, I think it was worth it mm-hmm. looking back because uh, that amount of hours and that amount of effort that you put in, and also like just the learning process, also made it hard because um, I wasn't at our center. You know, I was still learning the process of. of you know, just composition, rendering, uh, putting together a project. So I had to juggle all this stuff. And then on, on top of that, you know, like three three to five classes a, a term. Yeah. And each term is about 14 weeks, so it's not a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so juggling all that, that, I think it was really hard. But I, looking back, I really appreciate that experience because when I got to, the, to actually working, Working was actually not as hard, so that school was really good in prepping, uh, you know, prepping a student like myself to prepare for the real world. Uh, all right, cool. So, <laughs> Naughty Dog should like go straight to Art Center and just hire. <laughs> yeah, start picking off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, while, so, while you were crunching, call it a vacation. Yeah, I mean, crunching to college. I'm sure there were times that um, <laughs> you felt defeated or you weren't sure you know i had definitely moments like that like what helped you through that experience and push you to uh complete all your classes on time or uh did you just focus on a certain class and just pass by the other ones and like how, how exactly did you balance all that uh, and, and figure the thing out lots of caffeine uh <laughs> um, Coke, yes. That, um, that helped give me the ideas. No, I'm just kidding. Um, hmm. What helped me? Well, one thing is, you know, as a student, when you're just trying to process all these information, 
uh, it's very easy to be discouraged. Right? Mm-hmm. And at some points, I'm like, oh man, like why did I even get myself into this situation in the first place? Uh, but the thing that kept me going was um, is to realize that through many failures um, and, and also a lot of um, perseverance, um, that was able to help push me through. And also seeing other students, you know, going through the same things as well. So that was a big, that was a big uh, mental support as well. Okay. Uh, you see a lot of your peers like going through the same thing. So we you know, and then also we, you know, we we help each other as well on uh, homework. Like you know, some, um, for example, like you know, like one of my classmates would have, um, like a, like a strength that I didn't have. So I would you know ask him. Hey, you know, like, how would you tackle this problem? And you know, he'll he'll give me some advice, and vice versa. Like, he'll see something that I'm doing well, where he's struggling with, and you know, we'll kind of exchange information, which is which is great. Um, that that type of environment is awesome, which is why I really like you know being in class, like physically, because you have a lot of different students with different abilities and different struggles, and you could you know collaborate and, and and kind of work out your problems together you know which is which is awesome and uh, also you know just looking at um looking at other artists out there that are working professionally um you know one of the most you know uh, um popular popular concept artists illustrators is Craig Mullins on here you know he's 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 like really he was he was like the godfather of digital painting he's the guy that kind of, Start all. So just looking at his stuff, and you know, of course, it's, it could be depressing sometimes because, like, oh my gosh, like I'm never ever, ever going to get there. But then, um, so what you do is, you know, I, I what I do is I just put up on my screen and just you know have it sit there for a while. And I still do this at work as well, uh, where I have like inspirational artists who I just put up on my monitor. And you look at this every day, and you know, you kind of slowly absorb like certain things I don't know how it, how it works maybe it's just me but you know it, it kind of gets into your subconscious and eventually like you, you look at every day and it's like oh okay I, I know something different like how maybe how he would do this and so um, and so that's that's you know that's one of the ways that that um, that inspired me during school um, and also just just knowing that uh, you have to fail in order to succeed yeah. you know that's one thing because if you're always thinking about oh, getting you know perfect the perfect painting the perfect sketch each time, then you're really hurting yourself in the long run because um, the way to really progress is to fall, right? So right. Falling. And yeah. you know, falling down a lot is is really something that I think uh, you know people who are getting to concept art or art in general or anything. Uh, they have to realize that you have to fall a lot in order to get stronger. So, I know it sounds kind of corny. No, it's true. It's really, like, it's, it's really true. Yeah, it's, it's totally true. And if you're winning all the time, you're not really learning anything. You're not challenging yeah. yourself. Yeah. And or, where's yeah. the growth? Or if you're very comfortable all the time, you know, like uh, sometimes when I get too comfortable, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting this is too comfortable, man. Something's something's not up. You know, I need a struggle or challenge. So. Yeah, like one of the, one of the things that you're touching on that is really interesting. Like I get asked all the time, especially with the internet being so uh, at our fingertips. Yeah, you know, uh, game development and game uh, education. 
I have students asking me, "Is like, should I just do this at school, or should I just learn this online?" I mean, there's so many options now, and you know, the one thing that is still hard to emulate, even in an online community, is the actual physical community. Like, it, it, there's something there mm-hmm. to be alongside with your friends, and uh, and just seeing someone a little ahead of you or at the same level just working mm-hmm. towards the same goal and i feel like the school completely emulated that of what it w- would be like in a professional right. field like you crunching at school and when i'm thinking back and when i was working on my stuff uh it felt it felt pretty good it felt pretty similar to when i was crunching at a professional uh surrounding like me being around people uh helped pushed me towards uh, staying a little longer and working on uh, the thing I, I love because it is very easily you can get very easily uh, discouraged during the process like you make mistakes mm-hmm. uh, you see the same thing over and over again and you're losing confidence and yeah. so it, it definitely helps putting yourself in like you said like inspirational art you can there's definitely ways to do it digitally it's just putting stuff in getting absorbed in that that environment of like awesome artists and you're kind of like slowly just taking some cues and tips and tricks to get through it all absolutely yeah and uh just to add on add on on top of that um i think you know back then when at least when i was going to school maybe perhaps when you were when you guys were going to school uh we didn't have those resources um when I was going to Art Center, we didn't have like um, online digital schools. We didn't have, you know, other artists putting work up online and, and showing tutorials and so forth. We, you know, we had to kind of go out and find it ourselves. And it was just much harder. And right now, you know, the um, students and, and people who aspire to be concept bars or whatever, they, they have so much resources right now and it's really, really fortunate. And, you know, there's so much online. I wish I, you know, I could, um, kind of like stop my aging and kind of fast forward, back then, fast forward, go, go back, you know, go forward to today and, and actually be a student today because it's so much, it's incredible. And, and you could see it in, in the work, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, I, I, I teach, uh, concept design, environment content design and I see students they're, they're I mean the work that they do now is just amazing like the stuff that they if you compare the stuff they do right now versus what I you know the students I the students back then when when I went to school man it's just like it's just leaps yeah. you know because of the resources that, that's out there it's just uh, it's really awesome actually yeah so. I actually actually want to follow up on that. Like you're, you're mentioning the availability and the talent pool being so awesome now, um, and even you mentioned like um, back then when you, you didn't really jump into concept art right away as your first job. Like, how do you see nowadays? Like with that many people um, going into environment concept art or concept art. In, in general, in the game industry, like how how do I break in if I am one of those talents? Well, um, it's definitely much more competitive right now because um, I think over the past decade or so, a lot more people 
are discovering that hey, you know, this is a very viable, um, viable occupa- occupation. Yeah. Because you know, if you think about it, like ten, fifteen years ago, you know, when you told someone, "Hey, I'm going, to, I'm going to go into video games, or I'm going into art," mm-hmm. um, at least for me, like people who didn't know about, you know, uh, concept design for video games or film, they would mock you and say, "Oh, what are you going to do? You're going to." You know, graphics. Yeah, you know, like you're gonna go out and paint the street and make you know make some money that way. And yeah. so they had no idea, but now I think because video games, especially video games and film, are much more mainstream, um, it's a lot more accepted. So more people, I think, are you know wanting to get into the industry. But at the same time, it's very like you said, it's very saturated. Um, so how to do that is. That's a really tough question um, because you know um, over a period over a period of like you know a decade it, things have changed a lot. Yeah. But I would say maybe like you know just uh, if you want, especially for concept art, you want to uh, be really strong and you know still foundational skills are very important. Uh, even though there are a lot of tools out there, like you know like like tools that could help you you know do perspective and all that stuff. I think it's still very useful to learn, mm-hmm. you know, very traditional skills like perspective by hand, mm-hmm. right? Because and don't rely on the tool. Because that, what I see uh, sometimes, uh, what I see in some of my students is that they rely on the tool too much. Um, and what I like to do in class is I, I like to have them just draw on paper sometimes. And oh, wow. um, sometimes I'll see, sometimes I'll see them struggle a bit because they're so used to Photoshop and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, relying on the tool, and I think um, also um, you know you have to be you know you have to learn you know both both things. Where you know you have strong foundational skills, it's going to make your digital skills even better. Right? Yeah. Versus where if you start with digital skills, you may be really good, but then like uh, what what traditional skills do is they help you see better in real life. You know, instead of just looking on the internet and focusing on copying an image or something, which is fine, you know, that's part of the learning process. But I think the most important thing is to actually go out there and learn and see color, see form, see light and shadow. You know, that's something that's that's really super important. Um, and also, um, so on top of that, that's more the technical aspect. Uh, I think the most important thing for getting a job is having good design skills. So you could have a really good, beautiful rendering and picture, but if your design is not up to par mm-hmm. and it doesn't really mean anything, it's just a very pretty picture, but it doesn't have substance. And also to to be successful in concept art, you have to design something that actually functions and that can be built by a 3D artist. Yeah. For production, I uh, I have a personal question for you actually about your concept art. Sure, there's a lot of people who I've seen coming up over the years who want to be concept <laughs> artists who have, you know, certain areas where they're strong and certain areas where they're weak, and they tend to like gloss over the stuff that they're weak at and really emphasize the stuff that they're strong at because they felt like if they didn't show the strong stuff, they would look like a weaker artist, right? So like in this case, I'm talking hands behind the back, hands in the pocket you know, smoke dust and, like, dirt clouds at the feet, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Because people usually, or some people have a lot of trouble drawing hands and feet realistically. 
Yeah. You know, um, did you ever have any sort of struggles like that, or do you feel like oh, the skills yeah. were always well-rounded? No, no, no. I, I definitely have a lot of weaknesses, and you know, I still do. Um, and you know, during school, I found out pretty quickly that you know, um, figures and characters are not my strong point, <laughs> uh, which is. You know, so that's, I mean, as you can see, I'm an environment concept artist. I don't really do much characters. I mean, I could do characters if I needed to, but it's something that I feel that I, that's, that's my, um, that's, that's my weaker component. Okay. Okay. So at school, I just, you know, I decided that, and also the interests of um, environments was something that, that was, that was pushing me towards that. So because I love architecture and also love a uh, hard surface and stuff like that. Um, so, as a, so when I, when I was during 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 school, um, so I decided to focus more on that that aspect of concept design, uh, and all the way to my professional level. And the thing is that you know, like, um, you know, I focused more on the strengths and and actually tried to make it really good so that you know people look at my stuff and say, okay, well, Brian say environment concept bars and that's what he's good at you know so that's something that's kind of like a um it's almost like a branding where it's like you know you want to focus on something that you're really good at really strong at um to to get noticed mm-hmm. um you know of course like once you get that down you want to you know also go back and work on your weaknesses as well right? and just try to get up to a level where it's 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 good mm-hmm. You know, but all you know, but something that your strengths is always going to be the the first thing. I, I, that's for my perspective. Does that did that answer your question? Or no, yeah, can- it's 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 honest and it's open. Um, because you know, it's just I wanted to know that if were you always awesome or did you you know have no to- wait, yeah. dude. No, I, I mean I I'm still like I don't I still don't consider myself awesome. You know, there's so many. Man, you you wouldn't believe there's like, so many good people out there. It's just like, it's 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 pretty cool. Like, just it's, it's very easy to get inspired by a lot of different artists. Well, uh, let me call you on that one then. Uh, can you give me two names of artists that you really do admire and you love their work? Uh, well, one of them's a good friend of mine, uh, Rob Rupel. Okay. Uh, he was a uh, he was my art director at Nine Doug. Okay. And uh, his stuff is just simply simply amazing. Very simple. Um, if you type in Rob Rupel, like you'll, you know, you'll you can see his stuff. Um, yeah, his, his the colors and everything is really cool. Very very simple mm-hmm. as well, but simple, but also a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, like you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, all time favorite you know, Craig Mullins. Yeah. yeah so. Cool. I'm gonna look up. Uh, you said Rob Rupel. Yes, Rob of uh, R-O-B-H. So, uh, kind of harking back to um, breaking wow. the industry. <laughs> Sorry, what? It's really good. Well, yeah, <laughs> of course. If Brian's that good and he says someone else is really good, then <laughs> of course. Uh, so, like, breaking into the industry as a concept artist is probably one of the hardest jobs. I mean... I feel like it is the most crowded market, probably, probably all, all the disciplines in, in the game industry, right? Mm. 
And you kind of you kind of went in a route that I've seen a lot, where where you you started as like another discipline, and then you kind of uh, segue into environment concept art. In your case, uh, environment three D artists, and then eventually concept art. Uh, do you see that as a viable way today? Uh, if you like, even if you're a really good concept artist and you have a knack for something else, do you feel like, all right, maybe I'll get in through this way and I just be really friendly with the concept team? Or do you guys, uh, as the concept team, uh, don't really look at those guys at all? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, my first instinct is that if you're really, really good at concept art, uh, you should have no problem finding getting into that position. Okay. Um, and as term of, as far as going into environment art and then going to concept art, uh, that could be a little tricky. Um, I think because um, you could you could get pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. So let's say like if you do three D environment art, you know, starting. Um, well, one is that you have to kind of focus on three D environment art. Yeah, which doesn't give you much time to go into concept art. Yeah. You know, so especially if your if your skills are uh, still need some work. You know, you you the only time you have is when you go home, right? So I wouldn't advise that per se, uh, unless unless you you know really need to you know get work or something. Then uh, if that's something that that will help you you know um, get through the day, then yeah. That that's that makes sense, right? But then if you if you do have time, I would say maybe you know take some classes um, and polish up your skills, learn what your learn what your weaknesses are, and go full all right full steam into concept art. Yeah, if that's what you really want to do, because otherwise you're not going to be um, satisfied, you know. Mm-hmm. Because you, you've seen people where you know they they take uh, for example, like I, I know. A few people who took uh, QA, right? Yeah. So oh, I'll get into QA and then I'll, I'll get into concept or I'll get into environment. Well, what happens is that you know they get into QA, they'll be working their butts off, and soon enough they don't have time. They're too tired to or to to work on other stuff. You know, unless you're super disciplined. But I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you know, QA is they they work night and day, right? Insane. Yeah. Hardest work. So, uh, but sometimes people don't really have a choice, so you know I'm not discouraging anyone from doing that. But I think if you really want to um, go head on, I would say maybe you know if you could afford it and you know take some time and actually polish up your skills. Talk to a lot of professionals out there as well. Like if you're taking classes, talk to your instructors, and future instructors are most likely working out there, so yeah. they could definitely help you a lot. And you know again, like uh, going to school. Um, helps you network as well. It's not yeah. just being together, you know, physically, but it's also networking. Mm-hmm. So that's something. And, and other students, you know, they may be professionals as well. They may be working in the industry already, and they could probably, they could probably help you as well um, in in seeing what you need in your portfolio. Yeah, the top ten percent does not have trouble finding a job <laughs> in any discipline. So yeah. yeah. Uh, so this kind of goes into uh, our next topic, which is I, I wanted to ask you about, you know, you being in the game industry for a while now, you worked at Naughty Dog, Insomniac, uh, Amazon. Uh, what has been your, 
biggest struggles as a professional and what has been uh, little tips and tricks that uh, made you so successful in these companies? Um, Let's see, what made me struggle? Um, I guess the struggling part is, you know, when I first started uh, just learning the new tools uh, at work, because as a concept artist, um, you know, you not only have to be proficient in Photoshop, which is your primary tool, uh, but also you have to uh, know 3D as well, uh, which kind of goes back to what I said earlier. Like, I'm glad I went through the environment artist route because that made things a lot easier later on versus where if I just got out of school and I just sprung right into concept and then had to do 3D, that might be might be a little harder. So uh, definitely learning... Um, um, Learning some 3D software was, you know, like Maya, for example, was definitely a lot of struggle for me, uh, just learning all the different techniques and stuff. Um, so that's more on the technical side. Uh, I think also some of the struggles is, you know, when I first started is not to be attached to your own work. Uh, they, we have a saying, it's called killing your babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that means you know you work in a concept or an idea or drawing or whatever you, you know whatever you're drawing, and you fall in love so much of it. But then the reality is that concept may or may not work for the project or the game or that level, and it gets thrown away. So uh, a lot of people um, who ask me about oh, how's it like in concept art, and one thing a lot of people don't know is that a lot of things get thrown away a lot of the stuff that a lot of the hard work the hard you know pictures that you paint other pretty pictures they get thrown away right because it's not because you're you suck it's because maybe the project changed directions or that concept doesn't fit the level anymore mm-hmm. so it gets tossed out right so that's that's something that uh, i would advise to kind of expect and also to grow a tough a tough skin is that how you say it? Tough skin? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and not to get your feelings hurt because, you know, I remember when I first started out of school, I, you know, I, I I was very naive and I didn't know anything. Like, you know, it was all like, oh, man, I didn't like my drawing. Like, it's, you know, I'm going to cry now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's something that's um, something that you learn over time, but then you realize it's not, it's not you. It's it's because of, of, you know, the parameters of the project or the scope change and so forth. Um, and also, um, let's see, what other things are here? You know, crunch time, um, you know, crunch is always inevitable in a lot of the studios that I've worked at, at least. Uh, there's going to be some crunch no matter what, so just be prepared to work, work pretty long hours, uh, even as a concept person. Um, and tips and tricks and how to do that. Tips and tricks is, uh, you know, if you're burned out at work, you know, doing doing concerts with, related to work, uh, just, you know, go home, spend an hour, half an hour even doing your own work. Just, mm-hmm. just, to, just to relieve, you know, some of the uh, urges that you have that you, wanted, that you wanted to work on, you know. It could be half an hour a day, it could be a couple of hours, however long you like. Um, that's a very um, 
a good way to kind of you know re- release yourself from from the work anxiety. I mean, unless you're you know working on a fun project at work as well, but yeah. you know, at the same time, like um, you know, if you also it's a good way to work in your own portfolio as well. You know, just by doing your own stuff. Yeah. And um, so that's the art side. Uh, the other side is uh, hobbies, right? Like, so, you know, in a hard day of work, like, I, all, I like to do hobbies a lot, like anything that's not related to art. Uh, um, and I think that's a really good thing because it teaches you to take things from another perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I have a lot of friends that actually go home and actually do art, and art is pretty much all your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. I can't do that anymore because I think I'll get burned out. Because I, I need to. For me, I need to kind of step outside the box and kind of look at look at art from the outside by doing other things. So you know, cycling is something that I like. That I like to do on weekends uh, mm-hmm. or um, just sports or something or, or watching film. Right, mm-hmm. something to get inspired outside because I think in long term, like for, at least for myself. Um, doing these other things will kind of give me fresh ideas from, from outside rather than just being stuck in art all the time. Yeah. But not to say that, you know, you shouldn't be looking at other people's art because you should, because that's that way you can see what's trending and stuff as well. Um, so, but I think it's healthy to have stuff outside, you know, outside the art, dark realm. Yeah. I mean, the the concept department, if you haven't figured it out, is the brainstorming session of all games like that's where it starts and i feel like like brian a lot of what you do is not just interpreting other people's ideas into a painting and push it as far as you can it's you coming up with a lot of ideas and you know yeah. where, wherever that inspiration comes from either from life or other hobbies or anything uh related or unrelated to work uh, I feel like it's important to unplug once in a while. Oh, I mean, yeah, is, are there like any sites that you regularly check out that you would recommend uh, to people um, for inspiration or anything? Oh well, you know, uh, obvious one is uh, you know, Art Station. You know that yeah, you, know, you have so many awesome artists on that on that site. Um, <clears throat> Art Station, you know, uh, Pinterest. That's, that's yeah because that's that's a really awesome site like my wife uses it a lot she's been using it for years way before I did mm-hmm. and and now I realize oh this is such a great site for artists because yeah. you have so many things on there that that gives you a lot of references and and they're really good quality as well so yeah. um that's definitely something that's good for uh, if you're doing research because in concept art you do a lot of research so, you know, because you're, you're sort of the genesis of, of visual development, um, it's very important to, excuse me, <clears throat> very important to um, look at things, you know, online, but also uh, wherever you go. So right now, you know, we have, you know, we have our really awesome high-tech phones which take really high-res pictures. So sometimes when I take the train to work, or if I see something on a you know on a train or on the road or wherever I go, I take a snapshot of it for a reference and and you kind of build a library on top of that as well. So that's that's another form of inspiration as well, uh, which is really good, especially with concept artists because you never know what projects you're going to work on and you want to get a 
jumpstart to build that vocabulary, that visual vocabulary in your brain. Uh, and also physically collecting uh, images, you know, on your hard drive or wherever you keep your images to, mm-hmm. to kind of build that library to, you know, be prepared for whatever project comes up. So, um, so that's, that's, that's one of the tips that, that I would recommend. So what was one of your favorite projects to work on in your career so far? Oh, fair projects. Oh, man. Obviously, besides Lost Planet 3, because, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was a really fun project as well. Um, what were the reasons? Uh, it's sci-fi. I, I'm a big sci-fi geek. I've, you know, like I said, I've always I've gone to this, this whole career because of Star Wars and... <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's fair to fair to say that every concept artist is going to concept art because of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that I mean it's it's something that is uh, it's still like a really inspiring uh, franchise. But um, let's see. Um, I think. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so, I was asking, what was your favorite franchise to work on or project? Franchise. Okay, sorry getting old um favorite franchise I think you know I definitely enjoyed Ratchet and Clank that's, that was the very first project because it, it kind of dealt with it had a very whimsical nature to it but it's also very um sci-fi as well and and, and the type of stuff you design is really really fun you know, it's kind of it's a little bit cartoony, but not quite cartoony. It, it's it's still very believable because you can actually, if you take the concepts from the game, you can actually still build it. That's a nice. It's a pretty real world proportion thing. Uh, just a little bit chunkier. So that was really fun to do because it, uh, you get to get you get to be really really creative uh, with the designs. Um, and then I think uh, you know, Lost Planet was really really fun as well. Because um, again, sci-fi, and you, know, you have Max, and really you got Larry, friends. you got Brandon, yeah, Brandon. <laughs> uh, and then I think the other one which I really liked was Star Citizen. Oh Star wow! Citizen. You worked on Star Citizen? Yeah, I did a couple of freelance. Uh, I feel like everyone has worked on Star Citizen. <laughs> oh, no, oh, man, don't be like that. Don't be like that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of talent. Um, that they pulled in, um, yeah. but is that, um, like, is that a game yet? Like I haven't been following the news. Is that out? Can I you? Oh no, it's know. a it's it's a it's a end of credits. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, just no, a list that just goes on and on and on. Yeah, I don't know. If that's uh, is a good question. I don't know. If, it seems like it's been going on forever. You know? I think they have alpha testing and they have continual uh, uh, contributions from from fans. Uh, I don't think they have an official like version so it's like it's just alpha 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 beta beta yeah, dude they're milking it like crazy i don't even know how much they have right now <laughs> the last time i read they had over a 100 million dollars in funding oh man from wow. people oh so I and, I and that was like a year ago so i'm sure they have more right now yeah but i mean that that game was totally fun to work on because it's you know spaceships like who doesn't like spaceships yeah um but I, I did the environment part, uh, mm-hmm. but it was still really fun. It was just, it was that um, the schedule was great, and yeah, was, I enjoyed that a lot. Was 
like these fun experiences was it mostly the work or was it the people and if it was the people what was it exactly that that made uh, it memorable I would say it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, most of those game studios that I've been at, the people have been really, really cool and really fun to work with. So um, I would say in a project, it's, it's fun. But I think most importantly, I think it's who you work, uh, who you work with. Um, take Spark, for example, right? That was, I thought, in the, you know, in the beginning, that was really, really fun. Like, we had a really good team and, you know, just really good people to, to interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people are really laid back, um, so I think that's really important is who you work with. Um, and you know, in the past, you know, in past studios, you know, there's you know, word of, uh, a, you know, there are some people who are very abrasive, abrasive as well. So, you know, I think a lot of people would say it only takes one person to make that environment uh, unpleasant, right? Yeah. So, one um, rotten egg. Yeah, so I mean that you know, but I think um, definitely the people you work with because you're spending that's the most number of hours that you spend throughout the day, probably more than your family, right? Yeah. So yeah, if you have a good team and good chemistry, that that can make the day go faster, and also, um, you know, you guys could really kick ass on the project as well, and it makes the whole experience really fun. So, yeah. I think that's that's probably the that is my experience is that's the best. So this you, you kind of talked about a bit, and of course you know this is coming. What was the worst project? It doesn't have to be by title, <laughs> but you can at least mention like what made it the worst, like what oh, made it yeah. terrible for you. The worst project. Well, I won't say I won't mention any names, but um, I guess one of the Worst projects. It went really well in the beginning, but then it went really bad towards the end. <laughs> and uh, and I think the part that made it bad towards the end was just the uh, management that was right. that that led slip away. And uh, it was very unfortunate because I thought we had a really good product, but um, unfortunately we have outside factors that kind of came in and kind of ruined everything. Yeah. Uh, um, and you know that that changed the whole dynamic of the of the team and also the project as well. So at that point, you're just like, oh man, like I just you know you, the passion is lost and and you just want to get the game out the door in a way, yeah. right? Um, so that's not fun. And also like um, just having mandatory policies and stuff like that 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 was enforced that wasn't fun as well. Yeah. So I think that was probably the worst experience. And also. Um, not knowing that you're gonna get laid off the following yeah. week—that's pretty bad. <laughs> that was, uh, that, yeah, that was uh, very unpleasant. Uh, that was that was when I was in the uh, animation. Mm-hmm. It was in animation sector. Uh, I had very bad luck with animation uh, when I worked there because both studios shut down in a, a yeah. timely manner. So, but I think it was a good experience at, at the same time. You know, going. I think. Going through good and bad experiences, going through bad ones are, is good because it gives you experience. Yeah, <laughs> what, to, what to look for how, and how to prepare as well, and what yeah, yeah what to look for, uh, what are the red flags. So I think once in a while it's it's good to go through that. I wouldn't say go through it all the time, but it's that's a learning experience. It's good. Yeah, I like I can definitely uh, 
tag on to that. Like, I, I worked at going out of school, like, my thoughts has always been, oh, the bigger, the better, right? Like, the bigger, the more stable. Uh, I'll be good. I'll be sold. Uh, I'll be uh, set for life. Yeah. But, of course, you know, things happen. And uh, near the end of the project, and it only takes one friend to be fired or leave to personally affect you as an artist. Yeah, definitely. Like, Absolutely. You, you're talking about you're building a, a friendship uh, for so long and, like, I, I, in situations where, you know, I, I would see you guys more than I would see my own wife, you know, it, it's like a, it's a tie and yeah. it, you completely feel that once they leave for a better job, which is great, right? You're happy for them or, un, or unfortunately, they get laid off or something, right? And then you get yeah. personally uh, insulted in a way and it's very hard to show up to work and be acting as if, you know, it's this is good. just, yeah, it's oh, all yeah. good. Yeah, yes. it's, it's really hard. It's um, yeah, I, and I definitely went through that a lot through to the past through the past uh, studios. Uh, one example was uh, Insomniac when I first started as a junior artist. I was mentoring under this really awesome uh, senior artist, and he, he taught me everything that I, that I know about modeling, you know, in three D. And you know, we worked on levels together and stuff, and then. Um, and then one day he just decided to leave, to move on, right? And man, I was like so devastated because you know it was a good bond. You know, it's like losing your, it's like losing a like a partner, like in in you know in a profession. It's like oh man, like you know went through a lot of struggles and yeah. and all of a sudden like you know he's gone and uh, oh man, like what happened? It's a, yeah, it's, it's totally it totally affects you. And uh, but at the same time, like. You know, you like for me, like because I learned a lot from my kind of, you know, took took what you taught me and kind of like you know try to carry on and and kind of made my own through yeah. through that throughout the years, you know. So yeah. So you get to be that person that leaves that kid in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> it's your time. Yeah, yeah, it's my my turn now. <laughs> yeah, there's two ways, man. It's either you you be that guy or you just it's, stick it's around. It's a vicious cycle, know. man. It's yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, it's like a part of the growth of the artist. Yeah, to like what I now have to be the the master because the master's gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at the same time, like like you said, uh, continue what what I thought was. You know, going through the big studios and finding out, yeah, the big studios are great and there are more perks, definitely. But it is as volatile as anything else, which means, you know, bigger budget means bigger risk and uh, more is counting on uh, a success. And if you don't get the success, you know, that's 100 people gone. And then, you know, Larry and I uh, went through smaller studios and we're seeing like a weird balance. It's like, I, I think I would not have been the same. If I went through a small studio first, uh, because I'll always have that itch, right? Which I'm seeing a lot too, right? Mm-hmm. At, at small studios where uh, maybe that, that kid graduated from college, went to that small studio, and all they want is go to the big studio. But I'm like, yo, you are you don't know how good you got it right here. But yeah. of course, you know, there's nothing you can say to them, which is great. They need to go on their own journey. But uh, but seeing the, 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 the ups and downs and and the differences of the the game jobs and game companies, I think it's really important uh, if you want to be sustainable within the industry. Like uh, you need that balance, you need that contrast of different places and different oh. experiences. 
definitely. which I feel like you're 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 talking about a lot. Um, yeah, definitely. And and uh, just to you know add on to that, um, I think. Well, you you know, like you said, you have to go through the big studio to understand that you know sometimes the smaller studios are you know it can be a great place, right? And of course, like you know, when you're out of school. Like when I was school, I had like these really big ambitions. I don't want to work for, you know, Blizzard. I want to work for Sony or whatever these big corporations. Um, I think it's 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 healthy to to go through that. Um, but what I'm seeing over the past ten years uh, or so, or even more now, is that uh, things have changed a lot. Like you see a lot of big studios, especially in the past five years when when we were at Spark. Uh, you start seeing this happening where big studios start to close down because uh, they couldn't sustain uh, these big budget titles. Yeah. Just because they, they couldn't sell well, right? Like even like you know, like a game like Tomb Raider it did really well, but then they still probably didn't make the money back. Right? Yeah, so like, was that the year they're like, "Yay, we sold four million copies"? Yeah, yeah. Failure. Which is <laughs> failure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? Like you think about it, like you have these really. really Really big budget games, which you know, which cost a lot, and then you you have this, you know, four million is is actually really successful, right? But then like it used still doesn't make up. Yeah, it used to be, but it just tells you that the uh, cost has gone up a lot in development, right? So that's why I think a lot of these, um, a lot of the companies they shut down because they can't sustain that, and, and you know, only probably the big three like uh, Blizzard. Uh, Blizzard, Sony, you know, uh, uh, Riot Games, of course, you know they they have a lot of you know uh, revenue to to kind of support that, so which is good. But all these other studios, you know, it's either make it or break it. So that's that's another thing that um, that I inform my students sometimes is that you know a lot of the jobs out there right now are very volatile, mm-hmm. but also what I'm seeing a lot, especially for concept artists. Is that a lot of the jobs? You know, ten years ago, you get a lot of staff positions, right? but now uh, a lot of companies. What is what I'm seeing? The trend is that they they employ the con- contractors per project. Mm-hmm. So after the project's done, they lay them off, which is unfortunate, right? Um, and so it's almost like the film industry where you kind of have to jump from project to project all the time. Yeah. All the time. No so it's def- benefits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you know if you're a family person, like you know myself and you as well, it's it's, it's that's something that you know you have to consider, right? So, um, well, so, so what's that's, the, that's the, what's the solution? Like you seeing this trend? Is it mostly because they just don't want full timers as much because of how bloated the budget is and everything, and they're just seeing concept guys. I don't, I don't, well, I think a lot of concept, uh, well, it's a different lot, lot more uh, freelance jobs out there for sure. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, they're there for probably a short amount of time as well. Uh, and another, another thing I'm starting to see is like, um, the lot, you know, they'll start you off contract, but then they'll hire you full time. Mm. Um, and this is my, my opinion of, I'm not sure if this is accurate. I don't want to get in trouble saying this, but, uh, I think companies are, you know, it's kind of a low risk where if you hire someone that's contract, 
you know, it's almost like think of it as a kind of a long probation period, right? Uh, you hire someone to do the job, but then, like, let's say if you know if you don't want to, if you want to, if you have to let them go for some reason, like maybe for budget constraints or mm-hmm. whatever, then you, you know, it's kind of hands free, right? Where if it's this, we hire the staff, then I think it's a little bit, a little bit harder, right? Yeah. Um, so, but also I think um, I'm not sure if it's cheaper in the long run, but I know like. Uh, if you, I'm not sure what the law is right now, but if you hire someone as a contractor, you don't have to give benefits, which I think as long as they don't stay employed for over a certain a amount of time, yeah, for nine months, like, yeah, or something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty snaky. Like um, you don't have to pay severance, you don't have to pay benefits, yeah. you don't have to pay for holidays, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you have no obligations to do pretty much what a full timer gets, right? So for them, it's a perfect deal. Um, yeah, I think that's the bottom line, right? So I, that's why I think, but I could be wrong. No, I agree. I see it within my discipline as well. Like prop artists, a lot of contractors, um, and it, I think it's the idea of just treating treating artists as cattle. (laughs) I mean, that's the problem, right? And what really sucks about all that is like, you have to consider, they're not paying these people like time and a half out the gate, right? They're like, hey, we're going to give you $60,000, but then you still have to go and pay your taxes and then Mm -hmm. pay your insurance and pay for everything else on your own. So a lot of people are getting hosed. Yeah, and and I think that's true for, at least for the game industry. I know like when I was in the animation industry, uh, there was a union uh, I think it's called the local local 836 animation union, you know, which is awesome because um, you know they pay for time and a half, and if if the employer abuses that, then they you know they get penalized for that. Um, so it it does protect the artists. Yeah. Um, so that was the good thing about animation, and the benefits were were awesome. That's well. what I want to know, man. Like, when when are we going to get a union? When are we going to start one, Larry? <laughs> That's a good idea. Like a day one chain the union. The thing, the thing about unionizing is it's easier for us to start it because we're out from underneath a parent company, yeah. Right, like that would like want to squash it as soon as you would even raise <clears throat> that talk. So like, if you could somehow get momentum without being underneath somebody's thumb, yeah. you have a, a huge likelihood of getting people involved and getting it going. And then once it's big enough, the people who are too risky to like start it can come along and join it because it's actually a thing now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's right. the problem that we face. There's a lot yeah. of people who work for companies that, like, own and, like, yeah. it's like, hey, oh, unionize, like, then you're screwed. <sighs> yeah. You, you hear that? job and every other job <laughs> that you could have gotten because they own all these other companies as well. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You hear, yeah. You hear that, listeners? Uh, if you want... <laughs> A union financed by Game Dev Unchained. Send a dollar to us. Help us help you. Seriously, man. One day, I think we're probably going to be doing that, man. Because it, it, we're overdue. Like, the, the game industry specifically is abusive with the uh, crunch hours. Yeah. Very abusive. Like, it, it's gotten to the point where it's against the law, man, <laughs> to work over time without being paid over time. But, like, the strongly suggestive dinners at six o'clock yes. or the 
suggestive weekends of like I'm gonna be here tomorrow. Are you gonna be here? Yeah. You don't have to be here. Yeah, but your pressure. Everyone shaming. else is so. Yeah, it's kind of spoken <laughs> my, rule, right? Dude, like, my, oh well, yeah, you sorry. have to come here for support. My all-time yeah. favorite is this: is the list of the people <laughs> who I know <laughs> who have worked hard. <laughs> That is a true story, by the way. Yeah, that's a true story. Yes. Like, what, ha- what, what has helped me answer that suggestion, uh, suggestive uh, influence has been, you know, ever since I got married and had a kid, and they try that stuff on me, that shit on me, I'll be like, no. <laughs> I just straight up <laughs> say, no. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to be here. I'll go be at home. I'll see you Monday. Yeah. And they really can't do anything. What can they do? Like, you really just got to... I think it starts with what you want, right? If you want to crunch and you want to put the extra work all 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 to you, yeah, like that's yeah. commendable, that's awesome. But if you're just going in because you're threatened suggestively or any yeah, other that, type of thing, that's that's bad news. You're going to get burned out. That's not right. Yeah, that's yeah. not right. And also like, you know, a lot I think a lot of um studios out there it's like, you know, as long as you get your work done, yeah. you know, then then you're gold, right? Yeah. You don't have to do any extra stuff. I mean, I think that's the way it should be. It's like you're responsible for your own time and management. And if you're done ahead of time, great. You know, if you're not done, then you have to work for a few extra hours. That's yeah, that's on you. So, yeah. to me personally, man, boy, nothing makes me waste more time. If you made me crunch, and I don't want to be there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not. <laughs> My cool. dinner suddenly turns to two hours. I'm sitting around. <laughs> I'm chatting it up with Larry. It's like it's like counterintuitive to what crunch is, right? If you want more work done, let people rest. So they come back the next day stronger. Yeah, I think uh, you know. Uh, also, like I remember crunching for you know uh, several projects be- before, where you know after a certain time, you just lose focus. And it's counterproductive, right? Like you can't think anymore. You're tired. You want to go home. You want to shower. Yeah. You smell. <laughs> you know, you smell your own body odor. Oh, it's like I want to go home. I don't yeah. want to work here. Um, and yeah, you just need rest. Um, but sometimes, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's just some, it's just unfortunate, and I'm not sure if that's due to bad bad scope or just uh, you know future creep. Sometimes that will just Future creep meaning like you know add more stuff towards the end, you know. So that's, I think that's that's part of it as well. So uh, speaking of future creep, uh, you you talked about like um, going through the phase and growing a thick skin and you putting all your effort into a certain painting and it being thrown away. Like, yeah. Do you have any type of repellent practice to get your idea across where you know for a fact that if you just talk more about it and you just bring uh, actually convince them more and persuade them in certain ways that it'll be used regardless of what they think uh, I think that that involves yeah so I learned my lesson where you know you first you have to um, do some research on you know what that particular level, the gameplay level is, and what the gameplay is involved. And you know, first, like initially, you want to do the most wild concept, right? Just to mm-hmm. kind of show them that hey, this is my idea. 
what do you think? Is it crazy enough or is it not crazy enough? Uh, my suggestion is to go really crazy at first. So just go to far end as possible because it's much easier to reel back from crazy to, you know, less mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. versus where going from less crazy to more crazy is harder. Right? So right. always go to deep end first and then reel yourself back. And some art directors would do that. They, they'll have you explore certain, like just do the craziest things, mm-hmm. you know, that you could think of. And then they'll reel you back, right? Um, so that's one thing. They just get all the crazy stuff out first so that they shoot down first and then right. you work, work your way back to kind of more of the scope. Right. Um, but also another thing on top of that, once you do that, then, uh, you know, you want to kind of research the gameplay that's involved, you know, some of the parameters that what you can or cannot do. Even though you cannot do, I would still say, like, just push the hell out of it because... The worst thing you do is they shoot it down, right? And yeah. at some point, you're going to find a middle ground to where, where you know, you have a pretty good-looking design, but also meets the gameplay as well. Um, so all of that, like, I would maybe, you know, try to do it in a very clear and concise uh, presentation in terms of, like, the communication part. It doesn't have to be polished or anything. Just, just have a really good sketch to kind of show, like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is how it's going to work. And... A lot of times, you know, um, you'll, you'll get some sort of pass, right? Like maybe they might say, oh, you can't do this. Like you can't go through this wall or whatever. Right? But uh, most of the time, I think the designers, in the very beginning at least, they want to look for the best ideas mm-hmm. uh, from a concept artist. And that's your job is to really help push those ideas to the limit, even though it may not work, right? But even though it may not work, it may inspire them to get new ideas and say, oh, we haven't thought about that. Let's mm-hmm. try this, right? It may not be as crazy as your idea, but at least it's pushing it towards the direction that yeah. uh, that you want them to go, visually. Yeah. Because I, I bet most of the time people just tell you like they like the color red, and then <laughs> you got to oh, build yeah. around that. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, um, sometimes you're given you know, a lot of uh, loose directions and also, um, you know, like for example, like the, the designers would, you know, they'll, they'll ask for something that may that you may disagree with, like such as color, like you said, like you know, well, let's make this pink or let's make this yellow, and sometimes like you have to, you know, know when to push back, right? Um, you can't because you can't really just say, oh yes, yes, yes okay, yeah, pink is good, yeah. You can't always agree, so you have to always try to push back. And mm-hmm. and I think that's a really um, one of the I think that's one of the characteristics that uh, you learn to develop as as the longer you work. Because you know, as an artist, we have very pretty pretty high sensibilities on certain things, yeah. and so, sometimes you know, um, a designer may not have those sensibilities, so they may you know, call you on the wrong choices or something that may look really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about the end product is, you know, is this going to make the overall package better or is it going to be worse? Mm-hmm. And your job as a concept artist is to make things a lot better and make mm-hmm. things, you know, really awesome, right? So that's when you have to kind of pick and choose your battles and, and know when to push back and say, no, this won't work because you have to have some data to help 
back up your argument. Yeah, you know, like when so. it definitely comes with experience. Like I feel like if I, I if I wanted to do that early in my career, I would never never talk back to anything in a way where like I really believe in this. Uh, I really think we should do something like this. I would never dream of doing something like that. But with time and I witnessing it and me doing it myself, like I saved a lot of wasted work. Oh yeah, by, by by really you know putting my point across and saying I think this is a good idea because this and this and that. Yeah, exactly. It's like that you know that old saying like you know measure twice, cut once, right? Right. You want to make sure everything is working together and not just jump right in just based on your instinct because later on if you jump all the way in and you find out later that it doesn't work, then it's a waste of time and money, and then and then. It's a waste of time because you gotta go back and do everything over again. So, right. you do want to make sure in the very beginning. This way, you know, concept is is kind of a nice step where you could see everything in two D because mm-hmm. it's it's very easy to change in two D versus mm-hmm. something if you model something in three D. You know how hard it is to yeah. undo everything, right? So, right. yeah. So it's very very valuable that way um, to to express your opinions. Your professional opinions, Stanley. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to first uh, thank you again, Brian, for oh, joining you, us Sarah. for this awesome talk. Uh, and uh, this is the time, as Larry usually says, uh, where we shut up and you can promote anything that you want or pay, uh, get people to visit a certain website or give special attention to something you care about. Any that, anything that you want whatsoever, uh, this is, the floor is yours. And oh. go ahead. Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh, so it could be anything I promote, whatever, or say, or for advice or something? Advice, uh, where you teach. Uh, oh, any- Okay. Why are, you, um, why are you trying to sell? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, um, well, first, I guess my last advice is to, um, you know, because this industry is really small, um, it's always good to be very uh, courteous and and just be a cool person mm-hmm. because. Uh, because of this really small industry, if you're a jerk, then word will get around, and you know that could result in in um, of you not getting hurt. Uh, so that's that's one thing. You know, show humility. Um, that's that's always a really good trait to have, uh, because you know you're working on a team, and no one wants to work with someone who's difficult. So that's that's something that um, that I always try to communicate and secondly uh you know even though work is funding games no pun intended i think it's always good to have you know a good work-life balance and and to really enjoy life because life is short and uh you know you just never know right like what you know what's going to happen so just you know just remember like you know always to enjoy enjoy your um Enjoy what you do, love you know, love a job, but also, you know, enjoy life as well. So, and uh, I think um, that's about it. Oh, and if you, oh, and also I teach a class at uh, Concept Design Academy. Um, if you guys are interested in taking a, a class over there, uh, a lot of good classes, um, 
feel free to visit uh, conceptdesignacademy.com, I think, or is it .org? But anyway, just just Google it and it'll show. <laughs> yeah, you'll find it. Well, uh, again, thank you. And uh, since I have the mic, good night. Good See night. you guys next week. Thanks for having me. Good night. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.